Well, Waterford and the greater southeast area is certainly full of talented writers. And right now I am in the company of one of them. Dorian Van Bram has been living in Fidown for the past 20 years and he has a book out. It's called The Wild Geese and Northeast Wind. Uh, the Serendipity of Love then is the subheading. It is a, a big book. It is, I'm looking here, Dorian, it's about 720 pages long um, and you're here to talk to me about it. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for coming in. Thank now, you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You're originally a Sussex man. I was born in Sussex, in a place called Plumpton, where they have a race, race course. Uh, a v, was it? A V1 dropped and blew the, ro- the roof off the house where my, my mother lived. My father was in the Second World War. And so I was born in Lewis instead of where we were living at the time. So when that happened, were you in the house or did you have to I, I was flee? in my mother's womb. Oh, right. <laughs> so she was pregnant. Uh, about two days to go. Oh, my God. How terrifying. And I was known as the bum baby. <laughs> <laughs> Bomber baby. Oh, my God. Um, so in all seriousness, like what did she do then? She was about to give birth. Uh, the war was obviously on and she had no home. Uh, but she went to her parents' place. OK. But... More than that, I don't know anything. <laughs> you were too I have young. no memory. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the power of total recall to tell no. us anymore. But what a dramatic start to your life, eh? It was, yes. Um, so where did life take you after that then? Well, I went to school. Then I became a student. And rather arrogantly, I packed that up because uh, I said I was a writer and a poet. and I didn't really want to get involved with other things. Okay. And why do you think that was arrogant? The arrogance of youth. Okay. Which we all, <laughs> think, which think, we all yes. have a bit well, of. Thinking yeah. that things would pan out a little better than they did. And how did things pan out for you then? Well, it's all right. I was um, an up-and-coming poet, young poet in the Poetry Society. And I didn't fall out with, with anyone, but I was selected to go all over Europe reciting my poetry for England, and someone was dead now. Someone called Peter Porter. He, he was a, he became the leading poet of Australia, and he he obviously didn't like me because he sent me a letter uh, on the Poetry Society's paper and said that they would because of my attitude towards the person who had just given a recitation. I they didn't think I would be a good idea because I'd be a bad influence on the other young poets. No way. So you're a bit rebellious. Well, I, I was furious. I never went back there and I wrote an incredibly rude letter and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't stop writing poetry, but um, it simply meant that uh, no one's ever... I heard heard of my poetry, um, although I, I about 10 years ago I got a scholarship to Oxford and I was reading my poetry to organisations within the Oxford University group. Okay, so did you have to physically go to Oxford then and, and stay in situ there when you got that scholarship? Yeah, I was in the uh, the college. Okay, and what was that like as, I suppose, an older student or an older person going well, to Well, you Oxford? didn't really want to join in with all the activities. Yeah. Um, I, it didn't worry me. Nothing actually worries me, to be quite honest. Um, they probably thought I was a bit of a strange thing. But I did go into a competition for recitation and I was in the final one and then the guy who was organising it 
said, you can't go in there with a script. I said, well, I'm old enough to forget. Why not? (laughs) And uh, what annoyed me, so I pulled out because he said I couldn't go in there, which I thought was rather unfair. Mm. And uh, the person who won it, he he blanked his lines and picked up his script and and became the, the leading reciter. That was hardly fair. A lot is unfair in yeah, this world. It sure is. <laughs> what did you think of Oxford as, as a town and it. As, as a I college? I loved it. I had an uncle who was the MP for Oxford in the 19th century. Wow. But he, he didn't go to Oxford. He went to Cambridge. Oh, really? Yeah. OK. Um, does it live up to all the romantic visions we might have of it in our own minds? I, I think so. I was a member for three years of the for the um, Oxford Union and I, I just loved the intellectual flavour and atmosphere of everything. What brought you to Fidown, to this part of the world, the sunny southeast? Well, I was a member of the acting profession at one stage and I was, I had the lead part in a film in up in uh, Castle Leslie. Oh yeah, yeah, that's in County Monaghan. Yeah. Doesn't Paul McCartney have a connection to there? Well, I think the, the, the pop people go and have big Booze up there or something. Okay. They get married there too. Yeah, I think himself and Heather Mills got married there. I yes. think that that might yeah. be the connection at, in Castle Leslie. Um, I went to a hen in Castle Leslie. As Did in you? I was on a hen party up there. Yeah, it's a good old trek up to County Monaghan. Oh, it is. Yeah, and if you went out the the uh, back way, you were in South, Northern Ireland. Yeah, and if you go out the front, you're in Southern Ireland. So one can imagine the amount of activity, <laughs> <laughs> illegal activity with goods and and. So you were in a movie up there. Uh, What was the movie? It was Pulled. Oh, okay. Pulled wasn't the name of it. It was actually withdrawn. uh, Yeah, it was called Robert X. Okay. And I was playing the part of someone who was in an asylum. We actually used the asylum. And um, the the other guy was someone who suddenly, during a church service, he suddenly thought he got up and said, basically, I am Jesus Christ. And the, the the story was him coming into the as, asylum, and we sort of battled. I was the devil, and he was okay. Jesus. All oh, right, <laughs> but never it never saw the light of day. No, it was pulled okay. um, because the person who put up the finances was the direct the producer, and he he had control, but his the money was in contr- was controlled by a group of trustees. Okay. And they said we were wasting money. Uh, well, okay. I wasn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't pulling the purse strings though. No. Um so your book, The Wild Geese and North East Wind, it's in front of me. You mm. you you dropped you kindly dropped it into the broadcast centre last week, but I was honest from the start and said there is not a hope in hell I'm going yeah. to get this read over well, the no, weekend. I, I didn't expect you No, to. I know you didn't to be fair. It is seven hundred and twenty three pages long, so it is what people would describe as a big tome, this book. It, it's Basically known as my uh, war and peace. Your war and peace. You're the tall story of Fidel. Well, <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been writing The Wild Geese in North East oh, It took Wind? me about a year. But Is that uh, all? I've, I've been huh. rewriting. It was, um, that's only about just under three, 300,000 words. It was about three, 320. And I cut it down as much as I could and decided that I, I, I could go on cutting it, but I take out important things because basically it's about the life of a writer and his conflicts, which okay. you'll see on the back. 
Yeah, well, well, it begins in Cuba. So did you yeah. travel to Cuba to do some research? Uh, not quite, no. OK, and it's about Julian Hamilton. After a lifetime as a famous writer is confronted by Victoria, his daughter whose existence he was unaware of. So it's a good old dramatic start. Oh, yes, a lot of action. Yeah, yeah and he's been spending his final days of his life that began with the conflictual drama he experienced as a Princeton University graduate, a conflict that people have between their belief in their destiny as an artist and their emotional lives. So um, there's a lot of twists and turns here, I'd imagine. There's uh, trips to Monaco in the middle of all this. There's a character called Rebecca. And at the end, it says it contains romance, suspense, violence and sex with a nuance of a thriller. So you put a bit of everything into it. Yeah, well, I think it was important. (laughs) (laughs) Did you enjoy writing it? Yes, I did. Yeah. And getting published then, how did you go about that? Did you self-publish? It was published in America first. Okay. And I pulled that because they made a lot of mistakes. And that is the company that's been formed. It's in the process of formation at the moment. Okay. And that is being um, controlled by my daughter who's got a degree in English literature and arts, okay. uh, theatre arts. And she's now working as an artistic director of small film company. Oh, great. OK. Um, so the publishing process then, you didn't go with the company in America. So how did you get it published here? Did you did you go the self-publishing route or did you find... Uh, yes, partly. Yeah. OK. OK. So this book is now available. Yeah. Um, are you proud of it? Was it a nice feeling to see it handed to you like uh, this in its published form? It's about time. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, 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 it's about my 10th book novel, actually. Yeah. It's the only one I've, I've had edited and okay. checked out. Have you had the other ones published? Or no, is this, this, so this is your first published novel? Yeah. Okay, I've, brilliant. I've got a list. I just hope I live long enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I suppose, isn't it great to have those ambitions just to want to keep writing? It, it's, it's a discipline that, you know, a lot of people struggle with, isn't it? it? Even to get a book finished. Yeah, well, I don't need discipline because it's like uh, something I have to do. I can't mm. not do it. Okay. And I get very tense if I'm not writing, so... And has this always, since childhood, this has been in you, this desire to write and, and to write poetry and that? Uh, started about 16 or 17. Before that, I was going to be a fighter pilot. <laughs> OK. And were you always a prolific reader? Yes. OK. Yeah. They kind of go hand in hand, don't they? I mean, great writers are usually great lovers of books as well. Yeah. I, I made a mistake thinking that when I was much younger, I thought, well, if I wait another, if I wait until I'm 40... It, everything would be so much easier. Of course, that's not the case. Every Tom, Dick and Harry is writing books now. And every every university has creative writing courses, which means that probably 70% of them le- leave the university thinking, I'm going to be a writer. Whereas if they hadn't done the creative writing course, they probably wouldn't even think about it. OK. All right, well, the book is called The Wild Geese and Northeast Wind. Uh, it is by Dorian Van Bram, the elder, you call yourself. Is yeah, there well, a... I've got a son. Called Dorian? Yeah, well, he's sort of pinched my name. <laughs> <laughs> he's called Louis Dorian Julius Maximilian. Wow, Van der Bram and... It's like a gladiator's name. It, yeah. it is a bit. And so for some reason, he's cut it down to just Dorian Van Bram. So there is a confusion. Okay. So I, I follow the, the pit factor. Okay. I'm the young. I'm the elder, You're and the he's elder. the younger. Okay. Um, so uh, the, this book, the Wild Geese in Northeast Wind, uh, available in all good bookshops now. The, uh, the book centres. There are four book centres. The one in in Nace, in uh, Wexford here, and Kilkenny. They're, and Waterford here. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the, the, the one in Waterford, Wexford and Kilkenny. Great yeah. stuff. Dorian, thanks a million. Thank you very much.